he breathed on them and said, those whose sins you retain, they are retained. Those whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Dear friends, we come to one of the most beautiful Gospels uh, in all of the Christian year when we see Doubting Thomas, uh, who is able to become Thomas, the most faithful of all of the disciples at this moment, when he explicitly declares under the influence of the Holy Spirit and in the presence of his Lord and Saviour that Jesus is in fact his Lord and his God. The church now leads us into what we might call the time of the handing over of the Spirit. Uh, We have now passed through the passion, the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and followed with him unto Calvary. And now in these days of Eastertide, we will hear time and time again in both the Acts of the Apostles and in the Gospels what happened next. How the Holy Spirit transformed the scurdy cat disciples who ran away from the cross into now those imbued with power and authority to go out and to preach to the nations and to baptize the heathen in the name of the Father, the Son and of the Holy Spirit. To examine the significance of this time, my brothers and sisters, let us return to Holy Scripture and see how the Holy Spirit was not an invention of Jesus Christ, but the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Holy Trinity, who has existed for all eternity, who was present at the very beginning uh, of creation, and how the Holy Spirit is something which empowers and enlivens the Christian community today. In fact, the very existence of the Christian church, over two billion strong throughout the world and throughout the ages, countless millions upon millions, is all due to the relationship that each and every one of us has with the lover of our souls, the Holy Spirit, the life-giving presence of God within us. The Holy Spirit then we see in the first verses of the Bible in the book of Genesis. There we find God's Spirit brooding over the waters, bringing light out of darkness, order out of chaos, and life to all of God's creatures. Creation was brought about by God's Holy Spirit. Vini Creator Spiritus. We sing in the words of our famous hymn, Come Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit then is the source of all life and if we are to have life within us and life within God's church then it is inseparable uh, from a relationship with God the Holy Spirit in the fullness of time after the longing of the Jewish people to see a saviour and a redeemer someone who would restore them to their broken relationship with God we see that Jesus Christ was conceived in the womb of the virgin by the power of Of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan River, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove upon him, signifying that Jesus of Nazareth was Christ, the anointed one, the one anointed by God's Holy Spirit. At the beginning of his public ministry, Jesus was led out into the desert by the Spirit, there to be tempted by the devil. When he died on the cross, St. John tells us that Christ handed over his spirit as he gave up the ghost. And there before him was Mary and John, the nascent church, and the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the two of them. 
It can be fairly said that the reason why Jesus was born amongst us and the reason why he died on the cross was to give us God's Holy Spirit. We have now lived in the age of the Spirit since Jesus died on the cross, since Jesus at Pentecost gave the gift of the Holy Spirit to all of the disciples. When he imbued them with a new power from on high, God's personal, God's life-giving and loving presence God's special presence to his people. What was lost in the Garden of Eden, that closeness where uh, people could talk to God in the evening, is now restored to us. But even more intimately, and maybe even more frighteningly, that the Holy Spirit chooses to dwell in ordinary human beings like you and me. That the Holy Spirit builds the temple of the church by dwelling in ordinary human beings like you and me. He turns our hearts of stone into hearts of flesh in order to build that living temple. And how does he do that, my brothers and sisters? He does that by his sanctifying presence, by the gift of the sacraments, and by the gift of his outpouring each and every day. When we wake up to face a new day, it is the Holy Spirit who lives within us, When we wake up to praise our Heavenly Father, it is the Holy Spirit within us that calls us to cry out, Abba, Father. God is no longer next to us. God is no longer a friend of us on a distant shore. But God is rather the very presence within us. Theologians tell us that Jesus Christ came to inaugurate a new ministry of reconciliation. We see that reconciliation through his loving presence, but we also see his loving presence powerfully when on the cross he reconciles the world to God himself. But the remarkable thing that we see in today's gospel, when Jesus comes amongst his disciples, the ones who deserted him, the ones who ran away, the ones who are also sinful men, the ones who are as useless as me and you can be at times... Jesus says to them, peace be to you as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Now this passage refers to a particular uh, set of authority, and that is the authority given uh, to the church and her ministers to retain or to dispense of sins. And we encounter that most powerfully in the sacrament of reconciliation uh, when people make their confession to a priest and then are absolved of their sins. Uh, But dare I say I want to be a little bit more risque today and to say that actually this is a ministry which all Christians share in. Not the absolution of sins in the particular form uh, that a priest would offer, but actually to be agents of God's mercy and reconciliation in the world. Each and every one of us is called to choose today forgiveness over condemnation. And whilst some people might almost describe the Holy Spirit as being enabled you to believe whatever you want to believe, I'd say rather that the Holy Spirit is that which conforms us to the pattern and likeness of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is God within us who will cry out every time we commit a sin which leads us away from God. The Holy Spirit will niggle in our conscience until we return to the healing, 
ways of Jesus Christ and his ministry. The Holy Spirit will not allow us to leave relationships in our lives unreconciled. Whatever it is this morning, my brothers and sisters, that might be niggling at you, at its root will be the cry of the Holy Spirit to our Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ. The passion, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus gives us the account of God's starting out all over again and restoring the Garden of Eden, restoring it for that second Garden of the Reconciliation. All of this is accomplished by Jesus Christ. Sins are forgiven. The devil is defeated. The war is won. But there are still some mopping up battles. And they will happen within each and every one of us. But we don't do it alone. The Holy Spirit is purifying us and cleansing us and drawing us deeper into God's presence. Let us therefore, my brothers and sisters, cry out to the Holy Spirit today. Come, Holy Spirit. Let us pray that our hearts may be conformed to his healing and reconciling power. For whenever we do, the gifts that are given to God's church enable it to go out and to reconcile and heal the nations. It is when we are conformed to our Heavenly Father that we, my brothers and sisters, will be able to conform the world to him. Amen.